0: I'm a child of God, having my hand, powerful Word of God, can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now look at your neighbor and say, wow, you look marvelous. Need to smile every day, don't we? Need to smile every day, because it's uh, it's good. It's good to smile. Plenty to be sad about. We are in a series. He will be called. Our verse that we built the series on is out of Isaiah chapter nine, in verse six. A verse of prophecy about Jesus given four names, four powerful names 700 years before he was born. For us to for to us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called, as we studied last week, wonderful counselor Today, mighty God. In next week, everlasting Father. And then two weeks after that, Prince of Peace. Powerful words, amen? Jeremiah was a bullfrog, but he is also a prophet in the Old Testament. <laughs> Showing my age here. But Jeremiah is also a prophet in the Old Testament. And he crafted a, a verse of Scripture in, in chapter 32 and verse 17. We read it earlier, but I want us to hear it again. And I think it starts, interestingly, with the word, ah. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens. And the earth by your great, what? An outstretched arm. And, and what? what's too hard for him? That's it. Don't forget that verse. That's our memory verse this week. Memorize it. Now, those that I've taught for a number of years, you should know this. In the Old Testament, when you see the word LORD written in all caps like that, who's it referring to? Almighty God. The Father. Now, if you see it in the Old Testament, capital L and lowercase O-R-D. Who's that about? Jesus himself. Very good. Very good. Adonai. You know, maybe you come today to church and life is messy for you. You may be having a messy marriage. There's a lot of marriages that are messed up. But you know what? There's a whole bunch of them that aren't. I remember, I, it's hard for me to remember my name from day to day, but I remember so much Dorothy Branstetter when she and Ralph were celebrating, I believe it was the 50th wedding anniversary. And I asked her, I said, Dorothy, what, what was the key to you making it this long? And she looked at she looked up from her little seat right back there in the church and she said, well, he told me that I can have anything I want. And I get it. (laughs) And Brother Ralph, as far as I can remember, didn't say anything. He just smiled a lot. And reached in and pulled his wallet out. No, I don't. (laughs) don't Marriages can be messy, but boy, they can be extremely wonderful. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you're in need of a job. Maybe the business that you started is having trouble. Doesn't look good. Need to turn around. No matter how bad it looks, I can tell you one thing. Nothing is too hard for God. Maybe the doctor is giving you information about an illness. Maybe it's even terminal and... Maybe you've lost a baby like Austin and Emily, and you know exactly how they feel. You see, you can't really know how you feel until you've walked there. And you know how they feel. And everybody handles all that differently. I got it. But here's one thing I know. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing. God is the mighty God. He is all-powerful. He is Almighty. And there's some characteristics about God that I want to share with you. And as that verse starts, it says, Ah. That that word, Ah, in the Hebrew is the word Omni. In other words, it's, it's a powerful word. Ah, Sovereign Lord. What are those characteristics? Well, first, God is omniscient. God is omniscient. So, in your outline, you get to finish the word, the part of the word after omniscient, omni. So, he's omniscient. Okay? Omniscient. Now, what does that mean? It's one of those Bible words, one of those preacher words that like to throw them around, and you sit back in awe that he can even say it. <laughs> and then you leave church going, what did he say today? Well, omniscient. He knows your very thoughts. And the the bad part about that is that some of us are in deep trouble, that he knows our very thoughts. Some of you sitting on that back corner this way are starting to catch the aroma from the kitchen this way. And I can see you. In a posture of prayer back there. hope, <laughs> oh, I got to go to the bathroom. It's that way, not that way. No, I'm teasing. You ever know anybody with omniscient power? I have. I have. I can assure you right now, my little five foot wife is omniscient. <laughs> she was omniscient. She can look at me and say, What are you up to? I'm not up to anything. You've been in the cookies, haven't you? No. What makes you think I've been in the cookies? Just because there's chocolate chips all over my face doesn't mean I've been in the cookies. But when a woman has children, that power of omniscience explodes. You can be in another part of the house. Kids, amen? Another part of the house. And you hear that voice. What are you doing back there? How do they know? You can be standing behind them. They're not even looking at you. You're making this silly face. And they say, stop it. What, will they got eyes back there? What? It's that omniscience. Wives and moms have it. Men, eh, not so much. But God is omniscient. He knows our very thoughts. Secondly, He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. You ever met somebody that they they, they they say they've been everywhere? They know everything? They're fun, aren't they? Well, when God says I've been everywhere, he really means He's been everywhere. He knows everything, and He's been everywhere. The third characteristic of God is that He's omnipotent. (laughs) Omnipotent. He's omnipotent. He can do anything. The Word of God is full of signs and wonders and miracles. He can do anything. He can take five loaves and two fish and feed 10,000. And have 12 baskets left. He can go to a guy that's been dead for several days and say, Lazarus, come forth! I heard a preacher one time say, had he not specifically said Lazarus and just stood up and said, Come forth! A whole bunch would have got up. But he called Lazarus out. So every Lazarus in that graveyard got up. Lazarus, come forth. He's walking on the water. Wow. He's omnipotent, almighty, all-powerful. He can do anything. But I've got to be honest with you. Sometimes I know in here, I know it in here that he's that way. But I don't always see it. And sometimes I need to see it so that I can believe it even deeper and more personal. (laughs) I guess that's what faith is, huh? But there's occasions when he lets us a glimpse at it, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. I I tell you, the look in a young man's eyes when he sees his bride coming down the aisle for the first time. Ooh. Ooh. There's nothing more striking than a woman getting married for the very first time. Wow. Now, if you're Elizabeth Taylor, maybe you look a little different every other one. (laughs) But that very first time, and the look on that man's face and you could write sub sub captions under his look right like how in the world did i land that she loves me see they go brain dead for a brief moment all guys know this those women go brain dead for just that long to say i do to you <laughs> and then the fog's lifted it's what love does and it's crazy I look around this world full of pain and suffering. I think of Austin and Emily, what they've just gone through. I see wars, famine, I hear of impending doom. And I want to ask the question, God, where is your power? Where is your power? If you're all powerful, if you're omnipotent, then where? Where is your power? A beautiful couple gets married and not too long after their into the marriage into their honeymoon the husband turns sick and gets home and finds out he has terminal cancer you know friends who've lost businesses who had to go bankrupt people who've suffered miscarriages god where's your power maybe you in your life is asking that same question where god is your power in my life maybe you're at a real tough road in a relationship Christmas is just making it worse because you can't seem to reconcile and you've got more problems and you're thinking, God, where are you? Maybe you've had a dream for something to happen. It hasn't happened yet and you're wondering, God, where's your power? Well, today we're going to on a journey in God's Word because let me tell you, Jesus' power is real. It's real. We just may not see it. Right now. But I want to give you three spiritual truths that I know about a mighty God. If you're taking notes, the first one is, Jesus' power is at work in you. Jesus' power is at work in you. Paul in the book of Philippians writes this, For God is working in you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases, not you, pleases Him. Now growing up, I always wanted to make my mom proud of me. So if she wanted me to clean my room, I would clean my room. Well, not to her satisfaction, but you understand. I clean my room. And I always liked it when she'd walk in and say, Wow, you've really done a good job. Even though she was lying through her teeth. I remember as our boys were... Growing up, my wife would go to their bedroom door and look in, and she'd say, These are a bunch of pigs. I said, Shut the door. And you can't look in there. It's toxic. Don't go in there. It'll chew your leg off. Don't go in there. She informed me yesterday. We don't have any kids at home anymore. She informed me yesterday. We need to do some house cleaning. I said, shut the door. (laughs) You see, God's power is at work in us. Paul says in Philippians, for God is working in you. In you. In you. See, don't forget that He's in you. But He's in you for a purpose. And the purpose that He's in us is to help us change. Change from what? A person that's lost to a person that's saved. A person that has no hope to a person that has all kinds of hope. To a person that's sad and defeated to a person of victory. Who can live a life of praise and honor and glory to Almighty God. That's what he's trying to change in us. He wants us to get up every day and see things different. He wants us to get up every day and see it as an opportunity. He's here to change us into someone who has Christ-like qualities, like love and compassion, peace and patience, gentleness and self-control. You know, those fruits of the Spirit that he talks about in Galatians. God's power is real. We just don't always see it. God's power is working in us. But we don't always feel it. And you might be thinking, well, somebody else always gets the breaks. At work, they get the promotion, you get passed over. And you work twice as hard as they do. Yeah, you do. You're a better worker than them. In fact, you're smarter than them. In fact, you do their work for them so that they look good. Because that's just kind of sorry people they are. Amen? Amen? And what God wants us to think about. God wants us to think about us and Him in us. Maybe you think today that God's put you on a shelf and forgotten all about you because nothing seems to be happening in your life. You think, God, where's where's the power? Where's your power in my life? Well, God's power is real. His power is working in you to change you. It just takes some longer to change than others. But He's still working. Be patient. Hang in there. You're going to see some benefit. Don't give up. Don't quit. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. When I started working out at the gym, I couldn't get off the floor by myself. Now I can. I couldn't lift a barbell over my head. And I said, I couldn't pick up a barbell with no weights on it. I couldn't pick up the bar and lift it over my head. Now I can. I couldn't do sit-ups. In one minute, I did 20 the other day. Now you might say, yeah, big deal. Well, put your hands behind your head and do 20 of them right there. do we talking to me. Yeah. Or you can play basketball like Jeff Parmenter. He runs down the court, pulls a hamstring, says, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> I said, you're, you're the coach. You need to stay the coach. Don't be the player. But he he's no, I'll just tape it up and go back in. There you go. Second characteristic of God I want you to know, and principle of God I want you to know, is that Jesus' power is at work for you. In you, for you. Isaiah 40, I, I love these verses. The Bible says... You know, Isaiah is that prophet, man of God, great man of God. And he says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Youth in Hebrew means Olympic athlete. I put a little parenthetical thought in here for you. Best of the best. And young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Now, at the gym where I work out, when he gives all the exercises out to those young bucks that can really do it, then he comes over to me because I'm on the short bus. <laughs> he comes over to me and he says, okay, you need to do this instead of this, this, instead of this, this. Why didn't he just give me a whole different workout? But there's limitations. I can't do some things. But, boy, those young ones can. The one that still blows me away is those that they can walk over they go over to the wall and they turn upside down and do push-ups that's just not right I don't care who where you come from you can't you, you you're not supposed to throw your body up against the wall and do push-ups that's just not right. God never intended for your arms to be stood on never at least my arms it'd be a i'd be in, i'd be in traction if I had to try that. Paul is one of my heroes in the Bible and wrote a lot of the New Testament, but he had a weakness. Three times he asked God to remove it, and God told him, no, no, no. Second Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, My grace is all you need, God's telling him. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecution, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. Here it is. For when I am weak, finish it. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. read a story. This week in preparation about a man who was at a very, very low point in his life. He was so low that he wanted to take his life. So he actually prayed to God to give him strength to kill himself. Now let your mind wrap around that thought. But as the story unfolded, he got a gun, he wrapped it up in a pillow, and he put it at his head and he pulled the trigger, only to find out that the pillowcase got caught between the trigger and the hammer. It didn't go off. And then he said this. In that moment, that moment of absolute weakness, I realized that God loves me, that God cared about me, and that God had a plan for me. So he prayed for God to help him kill himself, and then when it didn't work, he saw the real side of how God views him. You see? In my weakness, He can make me strong. Now, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what point you are in your life. But I want you to know that God loves you. God cares about you. He wants the best for you. And He's got a plan for you. He does. Christ's power is real. Jesus' power is working in you to change you, to make you more like Him. His power is working for you. Because when you're weak, you can be strong. And then the third principle... As Jesus' power is at work through me. Through me. In me, for me, and through me. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to all ends of the earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul's writing he says, My message and my preaching are not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith won't rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. There are times when you and I do not know how to pray. We just got to lean on God. There's times when we don't understand, we don't see what's coming up, but we just lean on God. We have got to learn to lean on God. It's not about us. It's about God. You're not all powerful. You're not all mighty. We knocked you down. Union High School came into that game Friday night. One loss. They had a a season that was unbelievable. They They were a great team. But a little bit better team showed up that night. And they weren't expecting Jinx to show up and do that friend of mine has a friend that they go to church with, and they, they, they go to Union. We're on the way back from the game, and, and this person gets a text message from the friend from church. He says, well, I guess I'm going to have to go find a new church to go to. Because you're never going to let me live this one down. Then she said, darn jinx. No. Come on. Come on. Any any given day, that game could go either way. You know as well as I do. That's what makes it fun to watch. But being from Jinx, I have to admit, I have to admit, it's fun. If you're from o, OU today, it's not fun. Million dollar coach, need, never mind. Okay, let's move on. See, God has a plan. He He wants to work through us. When my brother and I decided to be ministers, we did not grow up in a home that produced preachers. <laughs> in fact, all of our relatives still scratch their heads that two of us Phillips boys out of five Phillips boys are preachers. They still do. They scratch their head. They can't figure it out. How could... These boys be preachers. Sometimes some of the worst sinners are the best preachers. (laughs) Because one, one thing, you just have to get a call in your heart from God. And preaching is not necessarily what I do here. It's what we do outside here. That's really preaching. Amen? But extraordinary things happen when Jesus' power comes in and begins to work through us. 2,000 years ago, 12 ordinary people, fishermen, tax collectors, they had nothing going for them in the world's eyes, but those were the guys that Jesus chose. They weren't Pharisees or Sadducees. They weren't the religious leaders. They weren't the spiritual guys in the community. These were 12 ordinary people who did extraordinary stuff Through the power of God in them, you see. River Oaks, we're just a bunch of ordinary people. Doing some extraordinary things. Touching a lot of lives with the power of the gospel of Christ. Now I love our church just because we're ordinary people. Just doing life together just doing life together but what makes us a little different is is that we serve an extraordinary God so all you got to do is look to God and what he did through 12 ordinary people and be willing to allow God's power to work as he did through them also through you because he's ready he's ready he's just looking for an opportunity. He's looking for an opportunity. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all the blessings you give us. Thank you for this church. We're not a perfect church, we're full of imperfect people just doing life together. There are times, God, when I absolutely wonder how we're going to make it from week to week. But we do. I wonder how some people in our church who are struggling oh, my goodness, they're struggling and yet do it with a smile on your face because of the love they have for you and the faith they have in you that you'll provide and somehow you do some way you do illnesses finances marriages children jobs broken down cars 32 year old Young men driving minivans. I don't know how you do it, Lord, but you do it. But there may be somebody here today, Lord, that just needs to respond to you. They need to be able to say to you, I love you, Lord. I lift my voice. So, God, I'm asking you today to touch them, to move in them, to stir in them. Father, that Your Holy Spirit will prick their heart. God, there may be somebody in this room that needs to respond to You in some way. Whatever way it is. Maybe they just need to pray. Maybe they need to come here and let us pray for them. Maybe they have an illness they're not letting anybody know about. They just want to be they'll be anointed with oil for prayer. God, whatever it is. If they've never been saved, they've never named as their Savior, boy, today would be a great day for that. Maybe they want to join a church that just loves you. Whatever it is in their life that they have need, would you allow us the opportunity to help in Jesus' name? Amen. Hymn of invitation.